Hello, my friends, and welcome to session 14 of Grace Podcast. This podcast is an extension of Grace Life Coaching. I'm Timothy Muse, creator of Grace Life Coaching, and I'll be your partner today as we spend this time together. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that your day is incredible wherever it is in the midst of your day. Wherever you're connecting with us, whether you're connecting with us at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or somewhere in the middle, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at right now, I hope that it is a beautiful day, a wonderful day for you. I hope that you're able to feel the the energy and the, and the goodness that surrounds you uh, and that you're able to enjoy and lean into it, even if it's just for a moment. It certainly would be nice if life was good all the time. It certainly would be nice if life was was excellent all the time but we know that that's not the point we know that that's not the case we know most of the time life is just kind of plateau it's neither really really awesome or really really awful but even in the midst of those plateaus there's moments when we seek that joy that balance that peace so i hope you're able to see that i hope that that today offers you that somewhere somehow be it a a smile from a friend or a phone call or a ray of sunshine that comes through the glass in a certain way or hey maybe it's just a flower that you see when you're out or or, or a scent in the air or a candle or a, a moment of peace whatever it is i hope that you have that today i hope that you're able to experience that because if we can't experience it if we don't experience it then what's the point of getting out of bed in the morning just to spend hours working to make more money that we're not going to use to fulfill anything but someone else's bankroll. Or maybe it's just another day to drudge along and find something to complain about or be hurt about or be angry about. Look, my friends, we have been given this incredible, beautiful thing called life, breath, hope. Now, sometimes it's complicated and sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's just downright painful. Of course, we've talked about that and we'll talk about it again and again and again. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. The whole point of this podcast is how to live the best life you can live, how to be the best you can be. That's our goal here at Grace Life Coaching is for you to be the best that you can be. And this is one of those options, one of those opportunities to be able to do that is use this resource and this information. If you find this information powerful, if you find this podcast useful and powerful, then please share it. Share it on your social media, share it on your Instagram feed, share it on your Facebook feed. Uh, Get it out there so that other people can connect with it. Uh, I'll put it out there via my Instagram feed and my Facebook feed so it'll have the link to the podcast. You can can grab onto the page. You can listen to all the podcasts. And if you're listening to this on a platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, give us a review because as we get more reviews, the more positive reviews we get, the more that the platform is willing to show this and present this to others. So when someone, some others are seeking for this kind of information, the more positive reviews we have on these platforms, the more the platform is willing to uh, put it out there the more the platform is willing to advance it. And that's really what I would like to see. I'd like to see this advance, not by by big names coming in and bolstering it up. Not that I would refuse it. I mean, I think any way that we can get the information out there, as long as we're not going to sell out on the information, uh, as long as we're going to sell out on the mission, uh, if there's somebody that wants to sponsor it and come alongside, that's awesome. But I also think that we can do our part. We can do our part by writing a review, by by expressing ourselves on it. So if you're listening to this and you're listening to it on one of the platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I'm trying to get on to Pandora, I'm trying to get on to iTunes, and I'm hoping to get there. But nonetheless, if you're on one of these platforms, then, then give us a rating. Give us a rating, give us a review, and hopefully we can get more and more people out there to listen.
So it's great to be back. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to put out any content. It's been a it's been a heavy couple of weeks. Honestly, it just has, and uh, it's been it's been heavy. It's been weighty. You know, and, and we go through those seasons in our lives. I mean, all of us go through our seasons of life where times where it's weighty and heavy. And we just have to, you know, give ourselves a little bit of love and a little bit of grace and a little bit of, of, of joy and, and, and possibility. And sometimes we just have to, you know, some things just aren't going to get done. And until, you know, I'm really able to, to be all in. Um, this is this is where we can be right now. So it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here, and I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to you know have a little bit of weight lifted, a little bit of breath, and a little bit of vision, and a little bit of sunshine coming in, and being able to be back part of this. And I hope that, uh, that that it's good for you. And if you have any questions or any comments, you want to do some coaching, some one-on-one work, uh, get at me through the website, uh, gracelifecoaching.com. That's the best way to get hold of me. That's the best way to contact me. It's got all my uh, all my my contacts up on the website. You can contact me directly. So gracelifecoaching.com is how you can get a hold of me directly. So the last podcast that I put out, last podcast I put out a couple weeks ago, I said that well maybe we'll talk a little bit about um, anxiety around going back to school. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, now, I'm going to preface it with this, and, and I preface it with all the time with this. Whenever we talk about things, whenever we talk about things like anxiety, depression, anything of that nature, there's really two different spheres uh, that I see, and this is how I work with it. And, and if I need to be redirected, then fine. Love me and, and redirect me, and I'm all good with that. But there's a clinical aspect to it. There's clinical anxiety. There's clinical depression. There are diagnosed um, struggles, mental illness struggles, and I am not one to wade into those waters. I don't have the training. I don't have the experience. I don't have the background, and I'm going to own that. So if you're listening to this and, and you've been diagnosed as, as depressed with depression or anxiety or something of that nature, maybe a, a variation of both, and you're hoping that this is going to lead you out of it, I'm sorry to say it might give you a few tips to help you stay afloat, but it's not going to do that because that's not what I bring. That's not what I have. And that's not the role of a coach. And that's really the important part to understand is that the, the role, I and mean, there are mental health coaches, and I am actually in the process of beginning work to be a mental health coach. But even then, it takes more than just a coach. Now, when I talk about anxiety or feeling depressed, I'm talking about situational issues. I'm talking about places. I'm talking about and talking to those who who do have a relative balance. Okay, and not to say that that you can't listen to this if you if you've got a clinical diagnosis. By all means, I'm I'm happy to have you. Um, I'm talking basically about those who don't have a clinical diagnosis but have these feelings for a short period of time or for uh, situational experiences, particularly things like, you know, anxiety around going back to school. Now, I mean, going back to school, it is back to school time for us. It is the end of August. So some districts have already gone back. My daughter's already back in school, but other districts don't go back until after Labor Day. So we are right in the mix, right in the hint of this time of going back to school and going back to school is extraordinarily anxiety ridden event. I mean, it really is. It really doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're male or female. I mean, let's be honest, going to school is an anxiety-inducing event every day. 
But then the first day, the first few days, as things have changed, people have changed, allegiances have changed, friendships have changed, experiences have happened over the summertime, so many things are different. And all of those differences, though they are points of joy and excitement, can also create points of anxiety. They can create points of unbalance. And those are the places that, uh, that, that I really want to kind of lean into today and talk a little bit about. Uh, about this kind of imbalance in, in being uh, in a new circumstance or in a new place. Some students are at new schools or new classes. They've got new friends, new teachers, their new identity. Uh, you know, they go from having one classroom all day to moving from classroom to classroom. There's so many things that can be out there. There's so many points of anxiety that can happen with uh, going back to school. Okay, now when I talk about this, you know, if, if you're not going back to school, I mean, if you're not a school person anymore, you don't have kids in school or what have you, maybe, maybe these things are going to help you with other areas. Maybe these things are going to help you with other areas. Okay, so first thing I'm going to say is this. Acknowledge that the anxiety is real. I'm going to say that again. Acknowledge that the anxiety is real. If your son or daughter or your brother or your sister or somebody comes to you and says that they're feeling anxious about something, allow that feeling to be verified as real. Because feelings like that, when they're expressed, I mean, some of the first things that can be response is, why? What do you have to be anxious about? Or there's no reason to be anxious about this. Or what are you scared of? Or, or you're at the top of the heap or you've got it all together or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what's that's doing is that is just saying that whatever that person is feeling isn't real, that they don't understand their feelings. Now, let me tell you what this does. When someone says, this is what I'm feeling, whether you agree with it or not, whether you can see it or not, feel it or not, doesn't matter. You're, when you disqualify someone else's feelings, when you say to them that they're not feeling the way they're supposed to be feeling or they're not feeling what's supposed to really be feeling, what have you, then all you're telling them is they don't know how to feel. And the younger that narrative starts, the harder it is when we get older to truly understand how we feel and that our feelings are legitimate. So the first thing is if someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm feeling anxious about this or, or you know, or um, may, maybe you're in a circumstance where they're not going to be able to articulate they're feeling anxious. Maybe they're going to say their stomach hurts, my tummy hurts, my belly hurts. That was one of the things that uh, when, when, when my daughter was younger, that, that's what, when, when something was going on in her life, that's what she'd say. My belly hurts. Because anxiety would manifest in, you know, in a tightness in the stomach, in an up, upset stomach, or butterflies in your stomach. I mean, whatever you want to call it. So listen intently and acknowledge that those feelings are real. Now, you can do this anywhere, all right? I'm, I know I'm keying in on going back to school, but, but I, I'm going to say this across the board. When someone shares their feelings, acknowledge that their feelings are real. Whether you agree with them, whether you can see them, at that point is really irrelevant because it's their feelings and not yours. And the moment that you tell someone or articulate to someone that they shouldn't feel that way or that they don't know what they're feeling or it's not really that big of a deal, what you're telling them is they don't know how to feel their feelings. So the first thing to do is acknowledge that those feelings are real. Even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't understand them, acknowledge them. It is real. Okay, so you're feeling anxious. Okay, and, and again, and, and maybe they don't, maybe they can't put their feelings to words. My stomach hurts, or I have a headache, or 
or anything of that nature. Okay, so let's talk about what we are feeling because maybe you're feeling, maybe you have a stomachache because you're feeling nervous or anxious or what have you. So the first thing is just to acknowledge that they are real, okay? Acknowledge that those feelings are real. Even if you don't agree with them, even if you can't see them, they're not yours. They're theirs. You are interpreting their feelings intellectually. They're, they're interpreting their feelings physiologically and experientially. It's Unless you're doing what they're doing and feeling what they're feeling, you can't interpret that. So acknowledge that they're real. The, the, another thing to do, which can really be helpful, is define as specifically as possible what's going on. Okay, so if I say I'm anxious about going to school, well, there's a lot of things going on at school. I mean, there's a lot of different variations. Getting on the bus, getting off the bus, eating lunch, making sure that I don't get food on my, you know, in my teeth, making sure I get to the right classroom, making sure that my friends don't laugh at me or I don't laugh at them or I don't smell funny or look funny. I mean, there's there's so many things. And so if we just kind of boilerplate, if we just kind of whitewash, I'm feeling anxious, well, then we really can't get down to finding any kind of resolution. So once we acknowledge that these feelings are real, that they are feeling what they're feeling, then gently and lovingly try to dig into what exactly it is that they're feeling anxious about. And you can ask questions. Okay, you can say, okay, I hear that you're feeling anxious. Do you know? what you're anxious about do you know what you're nervous about or do you know what's making your belly hurt and you can start throwing out ideas now you don't want to you don't want to lead people of course but you want to try to get it to as specific as possible because once you have a specific task a specific anxiety then you can come up with a plan of overcoming it so let's let's say for a minute that that ultimately the anxiety is uh, going from class to class, okay? So I know that when you're, when you're advancing in years of school, when you go from like elementary to intermediate or elementary, late ele- early elementary to late elementary, depending on your district, you start going from a single classroom to moving from class to class without direction, okay? Uh, I know in the younger elementary schools, when they're specials and such, they, they do have direction. They do um, have a teacher and aid go with them, but without direction. So the bell rings and out of class you go and you got to go to your locker and you got to get to the next class, okay? So let's just say that someone is feeling anxious around the fact that they're not sure if they're going to be able to get from class to class on time and know where to go. Okay, that's very specific, And that specificity of anxiety then can create a solution. And there's a number of things you do. So so there was two things that I mentioned, time and direction. So first is time. All right, so maybe we need to get a stopwatch. You can buy them for like six or seven bucks at Target or or Walmart, or you can get a stopwatch on your phone or on your on your on your wristwatch, or you know, maybe you need a stopwatch. So so you need a timer. All right. So you can get a timer counting down. So you've got five minutes between classes. So your timer needs to go off at four minutes. So at four minutes, you need to be heading to your class, regardless of where you were, whether you had to stop at the bathroom or stop at your locker or you're getting, you know, you're having a conversation with your friend or whatever. So maybe a timer, a physical timer will help to ease some of that anxiety about knowing when to get to class and and how how long it's going to take. Okay, so but again, you're not going to be able to make that recommendation if you don't have that clear articulation of what the anxiety is. 
The other thing uh, is, uh, so direction. So maybe you just need to write down card, write down on a piece of paper or create cards, okay? So, you know, class, first class to second class, you leave your classroom, turn left, go down two hallways, turn right. You know, you can have little flashcards you can stick in your bag or in your book. Uh, particularly, again, if you're getting into the higher functioning where you're looking at late middle school, or late elementary school, early middle school, what have you, intermediate school, uh, to, to be able to give that kind of direction. But that doesn't happen unless you're very specific about what the anxiety is you can't get specific if you if you you know if you disclaim it it, it didn't happen you're not feeling anxious yet it's not what you're feeling no allow that to reside dwell with it but then try to be as specific as possible and if you're talking with someone's like you know i can't okay so then help them to understand their bodies so all right so you're going to go to school and and listen to your body so when you're going to get anxious your body's going to do things your stomach's going to tighten up maybe your vision will kind of tunnel in a little bit maybe you feel a little bit more pressure in the blood beating in your head or what have you notice those because that's where your higher anxiety that's where you're increasing your anxiety maybe you're going to your locker and the the locker next to you is someone who's really cute and you're anxious that you're going to say something ridiculous to him or her or that your hair's out of whack or you got spinach in your teeth or whatever. You can help them to identify those points where they feel the anxiety, where it manifests in their body. And then talk to them after school about it. Talk to them after school about it. Say, okay, you know, we talked about this this morning. I reminded you this morning getting on the bus about, about listening to your body. Where did you feel this? Allow them to articulate where it was. And if they didn't feel it all, then you can start to say, okay, so we're just having a little bit of generalized anxiety about something that is, is just overall uncomfortable. So then we can just kind of like breathe through it and understand that this is going to be difficult, but you're going to have to learn to dwell in it. Because there can be generalized anxiety about going to school, but that generalized anxiety is pretty much going to, it should, it should kind of dissipate as comfort levels arise. Okay, so, you know, I, sa I said this about school, of course, but I mean, anytime that we have a, a ritual change, anytime we have a change in our patterns, um, then it can create anxiety, acute points of anxiety. And and a lot of times, I think for, for adults, for people who are, functioning or trying to function, they either deny the fact that they're feeling anxious, they deny what they feel, or they're not paying attention to when they feel it. So, so again, we can apply these, these kind of, this kind of two-step process to our own lives in different areas. Now, uh, again, so you, you, you identify where the anxiety is, you plot a solution and you try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you go back or you begin to question, okay, what else is there? Maybe this isn't the point of anxiety. Where else are we having challenges? Where else are we having um, struggles? So when we can hone down particular areas, then we can go ahead and try to create ways to either, either, decrease the anxiety, or if nothing else, to encompass it and encase it so that it doesn't become something that, uh, that overrules and controls. All right, a couple other things, I, you know, going back to school, a couple other things I, I want to make sure that I, that I, taught, that I touch on because it's really important. And I know you've heard this, um, and, and maybe, this is, maybe this is what you need in your life. Maybe you just need this in your life. Maybe it's not going back to school, but maybe it's just, you know, when we come out of summertime, sleep. Get your sleep. Get those kiddos to bed. 
uh, get them their sleep. I know they're going to fight it. They're going to fight it no matter what time. But the more they sleep, the better they're going to be. The more they sleep, the better they're going to be. Uh, you know, studies have shown that that teenagers need between eight and ten hours of sleep at night. Eight and ten hours a night. So you figure if they're going to bed and sleeping seven hours, they're an hour behind every day. That inhibits growth. That inhibits mood. That inhibits outlook. All of those things. So sleep. Sleep is important. Eating is important. Make sure that eating is happening well. Good food and good meals. You know, I'm, I'm really a big advocate. And I, and I don't want to sound old school or traditional. That's not my point. But I'm really a big advocate for eating around a table with those that you love. Not on the go. Not with other distractions going on or other things happening. And not, again, not that I am <laughs> I'm totally against sitting in front of the TV and getting caught up on, on whatever while you're having dinner. Um, for the longest time, that's that's what my wife and I did. It was just the two of us. But as our family grew, we spend far more time around the table. Eat around the table. Look at each other. Listen to each other. Love each other. Dine together. Share each other's stories. Very important stuff. Rituals. Rituals are also important. You know, we are ritual creatures. As a, as a whole, we are ritual creatures. So create and continue to support rituals on a daily basis. Going to bed on time, getting up at the same time, brushing your teeth, folding your clothes, doing those things that create a ritual pattern and a ritual behavior. So create your rituals. Create your rituals around daily living, daily existence. Check in with each other. Make sure you're asking what's going on. Don't be afraid to ask those tough questions. Don't be afraid to ask them. You may not get an answer right away. But if you're afraid to ask them, you're never going to get an answer. Don't be afraid to ask the tough questions. How are you doing? How are things going? What's going on with this feeling or this how are you feeling today? Are you eating today? Is, is everybody treating you well today? Ask those important questions. Check in with each other. And and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And, and I'll certainly give this. Make sure that when they ask you the same questions, you are just as open as you can be. We cannot expect our young people to be open with us if we are not going to be open with them. We cannot expect our young people to delve into their hearts and share with us if we're not willing to even crack the door open for them. So be vulnerable. You don't have to tell them everything. Of course, you know, as we mature into adults, there's a lot of things that we know that we don't want our young people to know. And that's okay. But be vulnerable be vulnerable with them. Maybe maybe you need to share some stories about your past, about where you were at that time, what was going on with you in that time. Give space. Give space for, for everybody to dwell in their feelings. Don't poo-poo it away. Don't run away from it. Don't buffer it. Um, we'll talk about running away and buffering another time, but give space. Give space for them to feel what they feel. Encourage them to get them out in other ways, too. You know, journaling, uh, journaling is a great way if you're older and you like to write, uh, drawing pictures or coloring or anything like that to get out kind of the gunk. All right. Get out the gunk. And that's really that's really what we do. It's kind of like exhaling. We keep breathing in air, you know, that good air. But we got to get the gunk out before we can let the good in. Well, you know, journaling and drawing and coloring and writing, that can all be ways of kind of getting some of that gunk out. So these are good things to do, uh, just in general, uh, but as you face going back to school, or as you already are back in school, and maybe it's going a little bit rocky, uh, maybe that's something that needs to be addressed, and maybe this can help out. All right, so that's what I got for you today. That's what I got going on right now. Again, if this is really helpful, share it, 
tag me in it. Give me a review up there on Spotify or iHeartRadio, or you know, let's get this up there so that more and more people can experience it and engage it. So I hope you have a great day wherever you're going next, whatever you're doing next. I hope that it is wonderful and powerful. Be well, and we'll talk to you again next time.